This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. This week has seen the Vatican backpedal on some of the expectations for the Synod that they themselves helped foster among their biggest allies. The Vatican now wants its most strident supporters to stop expecting radical changes to doctrine in the Church and to emphasize the spiritual nature of the Synod on Synodality as a spiritual event in the life of the Church. This is happening at the same time that the new doctrine chief for the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith has come out and waffled on changing doctrine, emphasizing the need to accompany heretics and blasphemers in their spiritual journey. It's all gotten very strange, and part of that is due to the pushback they've gotten from everyday Catholics and the members of the clergy and episcopate in high-profile positions who haven't been silent about the fact that the Church is on the brink of what they call open schism. Personally, I think we've been in a state of schism for a long time already, but that's another story for another time. For now, let's take a look at this talk of expectations of the Synod and the dangers it poses to the faith and dishonest dance the modernists are now doing in response to it. LifeSite News reported on a talk between Raymond Arroyo and Father Gerald Murray on EWTN that happened just a few days ago on this subject, the Synod and what we can and should expect of it, and they reported on it in this way. Quote, Father Gerald Murray said that Pope Francis's new doctrinal chief, quote, must be resisted if he attempts to legitimize uh, the James Martin life and warned that the synod on synodality will be a moment of crisis for the church and an opportunity for forces of radicalism to try to overturn Catholic teaching and rewrite the catechism of the Catholic church in favor of the James Martin Act. The New York priest and canon lawyer made his comments in an episode of Raymond Arroyo's The World Over on Thursday, joined by Robert Royal, the editor-in-chief of The Catholic Thing. Much of the episode focused on Archbishop Victor Manuel Fernandez, the incoming prefect of the Dicastery, formerly Congregation, of the Doctrine of the Faith, the DDF. In an interview earlier this month, Fernandez opened the door to revising the Congregation's 2021 document, that condemned blessings for James Martin pairings. It wouldn't be bad to rethink it in light of everything that Francis has taught us, he told Religion Digital, a left-wing Spanish website. Many say that it does not have the flavor of Francis in the way it is drafted, and in some of the expressions it uses, the Argentinian archbishop added, citing the document's statement that God does not and cannot bless sin. Robert Royal stressed that attempting to reverse Catholic teaching against James Martin blessings, as Fernandez suggested, would be open heresy and open schism. We know from dogmatic teaching, and we know this from going back to St. Paul and Romans and many other elements in our tradition and in our Bible itself, that James Martin activities are a sin. It's a simple sin, he said. It to bless some sort of relationship that is sinful in and of itself just makes no sense whatsoever. Any implication that maybe someday down the line it'll be possible to reverse this teaching, that simply is not true, he added. End quote. Of course, what Father Gerald Murray and his, uh, and his colleague there don't seem to understand is that Francis, in his merciful wisdom, has declared the Synod on Synodality and the German Synodal Way to be movements of the Holy Spirit. And who is he to deny the Holy Spirit? 
Francis has recently hinted that those of us who have issues with documents from Vatican II are guilty of denying the Holy Spirit, which, by the way, is the unforgivable sin, since Vatican II was, in his estimation, one of the most important moments of the Holy Spirit in the history of the Church. So it is entirely possible that this fake Church pretending to be the Catholic Church will be, in fact, changing the teachings it no longer finds useful, thus convincing most Catholics that the Church has finally gotten with the times. Whether people realize that the Vatican is at that point occupied by non-Catholics is anyone's guess, really. Now, some have already realized that, and others call those of us who figured it out already schismatic for noticing just plain truth that's on display and for everyone to see. But Father Murray continues, It doesn't matter what has been said before about these teachings not being on the table to be changed because everything seems to be up for grabs now, says the priest. Quote, and if that happens, we are in open heresy and open schism. From the pastor of the church, Royal warned. I hope that this confusion does not persist over years now with Archbishop Fernandez and the DDF, but I greatly fear that's where we're headed. He noted, moreover, that Juan Carlos Cruz, a uh, activist for the James Martin interests and personal friend of Pope Francis, said at a recent pro-James Martin conference organized by... James Martin himself, that Francis told him that he did not actually sign the 2021 document, was pained by it and attributed it to conservative fanaticism in the Vatican. <laughs> of course, Father Murray also reaffirmed that Catholic teaching on the twisted nature of the sin in question is unchangeable, while predicting that the issue will be on the agenda at the Synod anyway. End quote. Of course it will be. They've been open about that. Now, for its part, as I reported earlier this week, though, the Vatican is trying to calm some nerves and dampen the hopes of the radicals by telling everyone that no, in reality, not everything is up for grabs. This is not Vatican Council III. Cardinals and bishops who have previously said they were open to changing the church's teaching on the James Martin sin, the limits to who can be ordained, and a whole host of other issues the secular world wants the church to bend on, have now been coming out and saying, hey, this isn't that big of a deal. No, nothing is really going to change. Promise. This comes from Cath.net in an article that they published, and the report is from Cardinal Hollerick, who is the Realtor General of the Synod. He's basically the co-chair of the Synod on Synodality, along with Cardinal Gresh, both of whom answer to Pope Francis personally. Hollerick tried to reassure everyone that it was simply going to be a big kumbaya dialogue session that didn't really change anything. Quote, Cardinal Jean-Claude Hollerick specified the idea and procedure of the World Synod convened by Pope Francis in October. In no way is it comparable to the Synod's of the Protestant or Orthodox churches explain the Archbishop of Luxembourg, who is coordinating the content of the major Catholic event. In a two-part interview with the Jesuit magazine America on Thursday and Friday, he admitted, quote, that we still have to find a typically Catholic synodality. Without wanting to devalue the synodality of other Christian denominations, the Catholic one must differ from them. It must include the collegiality of bishops. It must also include the primacy of Peter in the Catholic tradition. And it is based on a process of discernment, said the 64-year-old. A fundamental concern of Pope Francis is spiritual discernment. It means weighing rules, personal circumstances, and the tradition of faith in order to recognize what exactly God's will is in a concrete situation. So it will be very different than in the German Lutheran Church, 
where some people even call their synod a church parliament. And that's exactly what it's not, Hollerick explained in the interview conducted in Rome, end quote. It would have been nice to have had that said, you know, two years ago, but, you know. But the synod, it's not a way, is not apparently a parliament. This is not apparently now a moment of democracy for the church. This despite Hollerick himself elsewhere saying that this was a moment of inclusion and democracy for the church, that the voices on the peripheries were going to be heard and that nothing would be the same again. But something that should be concerning is not the democratic nature of the synod, which is already a break from church tradition, but we are so inundated with that in the church these days that that by itself isn't the biggest concern. It's the fact that Francis has always emphasized that this is a spiritual meeting first and foremost. America Magazine gives us the details of that. Quote, Pope Francis has insisted since its initiation that the Synod is meant to be a spiritual event, not a parliamentary-style gathering. To emphasize this, he has decided that the Synod will be preceded by a major ecumenical prayer service on September 30th in St. Peter's Square, in which the heads of many major Christian churches and communities will participate. Wonderful. Then, from October 1st to October 3rd, all the 400 participants will go on a three-day retreat outside Rome, conducted jointly by Timothy Radcliffe, OP, the former Master of the Dominicans, and Mother Maria Ignazia Angelini, OSB, abbess of a Benedictine abbey in Viboldone near Milan. All participants are expected to be present at the retreat. Father Radcliffe and Mother Angelini will be present throughout the synod, and it seems will give half days of spiritual reflection throughout the synod gathering. End quote. You know, once upon a time, the church condemned ecumenical anything. They did that before the council. They did it repeatedly. The only ecumenical dialogue that ever happened were the attempts at unity with various breakaway groups by attempting to address their theological concerns in good faith with the aim of them returning to the Christian fold. That was it. Scripture and the fathers warn us against making common cause with heretics and schismatics. That is simply the truth of the matter. And it and they do so for good reason. It's also worth pointing out here that Hollerick, in an article released within a day of that America Magazine article I just quoted, said that the Synod was not going to be like the Synods of various Protestant and Orthodox groups and shouldn't be confused for those kinds of proceedings. Yet the confusion is easy to have since those same people will be participating in an ecumenical prayer meeting at the start of the Synod, and many of those leaders will then be staying to participate as non-voting participants in the Synod on Synodality because, yeah, that's happening too. Why is this being allowed? No, I honestly don't know, but I'll end this on a bright note. We now have Rome backpedaling on the language of democracy, telling people to not expect radical changes because of the Synod, and I suspect we can thank Bishop Athanasius Schneider for it. Back in early June, the good bishop published, or publicly rather, asked Francis to rescind the then-issued voting guidelines, which allowed up to 25% of the participants to be laity. These are going to be decision-makers at the Synod. This has since been reduced, and Hollerich has said that Francis may not heed the demands of the Synod in the end anyway, which I have been predicting this whole time. <laughs> From Diane Montani's report on Bishop Schneider in June, quote, Bishop Athanasius Schneider is appealing to Pope Francis to rescind new norms that grant equal voting rights to bishops and laity at the October 2023 Ordinary General Assembly of the Synod of Bishops in Rome, saying they are a, quote, radical novelty that undermine the divine constitution of the church, conforming it more to a Protestant or even a secular model. The norms issued on 26th April by the Secretary General of the Synod of Bishops, 
Maltese Cardinal Mario Gresh, and his general rapporteur, Luxembourg Cardinal Jean-Claude Hollerich, SJ, emphasize that special priority is to be given to women and the young people, who, along with other non-bishop members, will comprise 25% of the vote. According to Bishop Schneider, Auxiliary Bishop of St. Mary in Astania, Kazakhstan, the changes to the composition of the assembly make the, the upcoming synod resemble a, quote, democratic or egalitarian parliament rather than a monarchical hierarchy established by our Lord Jesus Christ. He further contends that, quote, the synodal processes and documents in the upcoming synod in Rome have adopted a method which is alien to the spirit of the apostles, church fathers, and genuine tradition of the church, end quote, and mic drop. Now, maybe his warning has been heeded. Maybe not. We'll all know more soon enough. But I'm curious what you think about this, though, so let me know in the comments. I don't have high hopes for the Senate or its outcomes, and frankly, the Vatican could backpedal again and let the 25% have their vote. I've made it abundantly clear now for the past couple of years that I don't have high hopes for this whole thing. But what do you think? So let me know in the comments, please. And like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So just sharing this on social media. That helps a lot, too. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.